the Basement to the Attic podcast features Rekadelic and the devastating DC. The co-hosts share their views on various aspects of hip-hop culture, music, fashion, art, style, and more. Basement to the Attic podcast, the freshest perspective on all things hip-hop. Nothing. I, I've seen, you know, um, I've seen all of these, you know, artists, rappers, groups perform. Yo, Run DMC and BDP is the two two best performances you will ever see from a, from a rap concert. Can you hold that thought for one second? Me and DT was just talking about the difference between an MC and a rapper. Huh. And that's the what you just said is the reason why Run DMC and KRS-One, they are MCs. Yeah. They know how to rock a party. Party, host a party. Yeah. They, like, they, like, Master of ceremony. They know how to rock a party. Most of these cats can't rock a party. They don't got the energy. There's an energy that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. Run had a gift, man. Yeah. KRS One had a gift. Like that's a gift. You know you gotta have delivery when you are not even really saying anything, but your voice just has so much presence with yeah. whatever you say. Like Run had that. Run had that, that man. voice. <laughs> yeah, man. And that delivery. DMC was kind of nice. They were dope, man. DMC too. DMC. And that's what I'm saying. DMC was lyrical. He was nice. And and that's the thing. It was it was clear. Yeah. It was it, and it was it was to the in your face. <laughs> you know? Their, Them their, dudes their voice, man, just the way they projected their raps, man. It's just crazy. But, but you know what? Um wasn't wasn't Rick Rubin behind all of that? Um if I'm not mistaken. No. So no? It, so Larry Smith. God bless you, that Larry Smith um, was doing the, uh, a lot of the early stuff. Rick Rubin did some stuff, and then actually Jam Master J started producing some of the later stuff, you know, with, with Russell. Okay. So it was a mixture of Rick Rubin, Larry Smith, and Jam Master J. Mm. And Larry Smith, he's the one that did... Um, the, the the Houdini album, the first album. Yeah. He did the Houdini album. And um wow. who else did he do? Curtis Blow stuff. He worked on with Curtis Blow. Okay. And um Rick Rubin was mostly handed in like the the the, the stuff mostly the Def Jam artists. Yeah, you know the, the LL Boys. and the Beastie Boys and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rick, Rick, Rick Rubin, this dude, oh, he's a beast. He's he's genius. He's on my top five producers of all time. He he has to be, is because if I'm not mistaken, he has a hand in some of Jay Z's greatest um, earlier work. It, it's something about the guys who know different types of music. They're, they're able to um, take all their knowledge and put it into what they're doing, even if it's just one style. 
that makes them just way more qualified. Yeah. yeah. And that's wow. what that's what he had. He had that knowledge of music. Yeah. Bringing it to hip hop. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like um, not Barry Gordy. What's the other guy? Um, he just did a Pussy Jones. Pussy Jones. He he had that. He had he he had knowledge of so many different types of music. Yeah. You know. So, which has just made him such a such a great um, a great producer too. So, so yeah. is it, is it safe to say that Jewish people? <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to go there, y'all. I'm about to go there. Is it safe to say that Jewish people is one of the cornerstones of the culture of hip hop? The culture of hip hop or the monetization and the and the definitely the monetization of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely, that. but the, what about the creative side? Because if I'm not mistaken, Rick Rubin is, is is Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he laid it down back in I, the eighties. I, I, I don't. He's, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. Um, he's one of the very few, though. If you think about I, I, other I, Jewish people, I, yeah, I don't know how many other Jews were that much of a contributor. Well, I tell you how they contributed. Either they contributed like Rick Rubin with production or they were somebody's lawyer or they was on somebody's label. Well, well, I don't, I don't. See, I mean, I mean, somebody was on their label. So I'm sorry. See, see, monetarily, I'm not, I'm not giving no credit because, you know, that, that is always, it's always somebody with, 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 you know, with, with a hand in the pocket like mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't count that as contributing to the culture. But when you're actually creating, that's a contribution. You know, um, just because you're the distributor and you know you have owned the way of getting the music out, right? right. I look at that very much differently. Right. You know that that's a lot different, and you know from my perspective, because that means that you have a say so in in you know um, hindering creativity also. So I, I say this because I remember growing up and watching. Because I, I don't, I don't know if the, I don't know if hip hop. Like I put it like this: If you think about all the white rappers that we had, like the white rappers that we had, the most hip hop white rapper that I could think of is Third Base. They were the closest thing to like hip hop that I would listen to. Third Base was dope. I love. They were dope. Like, I, I wouldn't listen to anybody else. Not even, not even, not even Eminem. Like I'll, 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 I'll listen to an Eminem song, but I'm like, I'm not bumping A and M, um, Eminem like that. I, bump, I will, I was, I remember how much I loved Third Base and how good they were. They was more hip hop to me. And then I had friends that were Puerto Rican that could break, that could break dance. So, I think, mm-hmm. I think, the, I think hip hop, the, the contributors to hip hop, from a, like you said, from a creative standpoint. Whether it's graffiti, some of the dopest graffiti artists I knew was white kids. Like, yeah, yo, that was you dope. drew that? Like, yeah. yo, you drew that, dude? Like, yeah. yo. Like, so it's like, I don't know if there's a color or or if it's a or if it's a religion or if it's a, or if it's a, a ethnicity. I think there's there's Jewish slums, there's Jewish, there's Jewish people that come from the bottom. 
yeah. you know what I'm saying, that are thrust or thrown into the um, the culture of hip-hop and have emerged as contributors in whatever way they contribute, whether it's designing clothing, that's that's creativity. Yeah. Um, you look at a woman, like, you look at like somebody like Sophia Chang. I was listening to her um, on, on a podcast the other day. Okay. And she, you know, she, she, she managed Woo. She managed so many different people, D'Angelo, Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. um, individuals, RZA, Matt, yeah. um, Capadonna and all them. So like, she, she's straight Korean mm. from Canada. But she created a lot of their, the way they did their thing. Like she, she helped shape and mold those guys. Yeah. into who they became you know what I'm saying so I, I think wow. hip hop makes room I think hip hop is it makes room for certain people to come in and be a part of it it doesn't exclude I don't I don't know if it excludes I don't I don't think it does um, and just to go back to third base that was my um, first time ever remembering in, in hip hop white on white crime because they, they was killing Vanilla Ice <laughs> <laughs> we always exposed the black on black crime. <laughs> that was the first instances of, of white on white crime in hip hop. Third base made good. Third, third base was dope, and they went. They was killing Vanilla Ice and whoever else. No, yo, yo. Speaking of third base and speaking of X Clan, did y'all know that they had beef? I think I knew that. X Clan. No. <laughs> I think I so know. you don't so, so you don't remember when Brother Jay said, "See a K boy and he try to act black. Give a gas face and you're bound to get smacked." Yep, I remember that. Oh. that that's you yep. remember that line? <laughs> I remember that. Yep. Oh, I gotta go back. That's yo, crazy. They had beef, and I thought, I, yo, I thought that certain. I, I give it to certain man. You know, actually, he the one that <laughs> he actually managed me and stuff. I give it to him. He had more. Because I was like, nah, he ain't gonna go at X Man. He would go back at anybody. Anybody. Oh, yeah. I forgot, yo, that's DT's. Oh my God. That's DT. That's funny that we break it up, search. I forgot <laughs> DT. <laughs> that's DT's people. DT, I apologize tremendously. <laughs> that's all good. I that's forgot. Good. I forgot that was your people. Nah, search is always good with me, man. But um, you had, Yo. you had an artist over there too. From yeah, 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 Stone, yeah, yeah. Stone River, yo, yo, Stone Search, River. He, he's crazy, man. I, I saw uh, listen to a carpet, uh, uh, podcast where he was talking about MC Emma put a hit out on him. <laughs> MC who? Emma <laughs> put a hit out on him. <laughs> put a hit out on him. Damn. But MC Hammer <laughs> was gangster. Don't let the parachute. Yo, they don't. That food. Yo. They don't play in Oakland, and yo, didn't didn't um didn't um they press Biggie? I heard E forty, E forty of them, yeah. They, yo, they, they don't play out in did. Oakland, man. No, no, they don't E40, play out in Oakland, yo. Let me tell you what E forty of them did. They they rented a they rented a um a club and booked Biggie to come and perform, and Biggie went to perform, and no one was there. And that's when they jumped, you know, they, they rolled up on Biggie and let him know you feel you no. get touched. Mm-hmm. Don't play with us. Yeah. But yeah, E40 is the Bay Area, no joke. Hammer. <laughs> oh, don't let all of that hammer yeah. and, and twisting yeah, and yeah. turning and, yeah. and, and <laughs> pants and looking. 
Don't let that fool yeah. you. Yeah. Ammo was not, he, he, he was no pushover and he, he was nothing yeah. to play with. Yeah. He from the streets of Oakland. Yeah, he was not playing out with that that line that Pete Knight said. Oh, I turned Hammer's mother out. What? Yo, they was out there. <laughs> he put the hit on him. I think they said Russell Simmons had the squash it, and somebody, I think they said somebody from um, uh, a, a gang, like one of them generals or whatever. They had to call one of the generals or whatever from one of them street gangs to kind of like call a truce. Wow. Hammer was trying to put a hit out on him, yo. Crazy. Yeah. Got his hammer out here putting hits on you. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> no. But you no. know what? Um, since we was talking about X Clan, if I could go into my top five, go ahead. I got a top five and some mentionable because I, I feel like um, you know, it's some groups out there that that was so heavy, you know, at, at the time. It, you know, of course, none, none of my groups is from this era because, as, as we talked about it in the beginning, it's only the Migos. <laughs> so, right, there's no groups. Really, yeah, there, there are yeah. there are no groups in this era. So, um, you know, just to start it off, uh, I didn't have them in any particular order, but I put them in order uh, since you know you guys put yours in order. Um, at the top, I, I, I just always got to go with Run DMC. I, I just think Run DMC paved the way. I think um, Run DMC became the face of hip hop and what we know as MCing and, you know, really putting songs and, you know, putting them words together or whatever to make us think differently, feel differently, um, music differently, um, start, you know, um, I think they had the most songs at that time where we learned all of the words to all of their songs, even, even um, you know, the crossover ones. Um, the pop ones, you know, all of that. So, Run DMC and performing, you know, I can't take that away from them. Performing, yeah. um, you know, they was, um, from from my knowledge, they was one of the first groups to bring Brandon into the game, you know. With, oh, yeah. And, you know, um, you know, just even, even though they probably didn't have a share of the marketplace, but um, jean suits and, you know, things like that, like, Run DMC had, they had that Run DMC logo. That, that was a that was like yeah. a, it had to be one of the first logos, yeah. right? Yeah. They taught us how yeah. to do everything in hip hop. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So you know so what I was just thinking as you were talking? As you were saying yeah. Run DMC? Mm-hmm. Yo, Rockbox. Did anybody ever do the has do the electric guitar like that in a song? In a hip hop song? Uh-uh. And Rockbox was hard. Yo, it was yeah. straight. It was straight electric guitar, like heavy yeah, metal. Know. It was literally uh, heavy metal. An uh, instrument yeah, you, not known to to, to the African American. That's what I'm saying. That wasn't even that. It, it was. Tell me that. Tell me that didn't have you like yo. Hard. Yo, check this out. I'm gonna tell you a story about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story about that because they was on um, the songs that shook America. Did you see that about uh, Rockbox? No. no, I didn't the see that. Shook yet. America. Oh, I so they talk about. So, so they talk about Rockbox, right? So basically what happened was they put the guitar in without um, Run DMC knowing. When they came back, because they wanted to just rhyme off the beat. Yeah. So Run and them was like, actually, DMC did the, did the drum pattern. He did the beat to it. So they added all the other stuff and brought in the guitar player. So Run and D was like, yo, man. Why you got that guitar playing while we rhyming, man? They like people, they can't hear us. Like, take that guitar out. They was wow. like, ah, it's hot like that. Yo, they wow. they, 
fought. They said they, they they said they was ready to fight in the studio. So he said, "This is what we do. We gonna put on the on the other side. We gonna do your side without the guitar, and then on the other side we gonna leave the guitar in. So you know, it's on the B side. There's no guitar. It's just them rhyming over the drums. And wow. they thought that people was gonna be like, man, nobody gonna listen to that side with the rock with the rock guitar. And that's the side that everybody loves. That's, loved. The side that that's right. <laughs> I love that. I love that guitar, that's man. Crazy, yeah." Man. That's the crazy story. How crazy is that? That's a crazy yeah. story, and that that see that's the that's the history of hip hop right there, and and, yeah. and that needs to be heard. I didn't even know that, and that and that's yeah. crazy. But you know, also in in a lot of Run DMC songs, a lot of you you could probably go through a hundred hip hop songs made after their songs where yeah. people sampled all of their drums and you know different yeah. sounds and their voices yeah. and. Like, yeah. like their, their drum patterns are legendary. Their cuts yeah. are legendary. Yo, that so, you know, that, yeah, that, that's exactly. That's why Run DLC is just number one to me. Yeah. Number two, I had Tri-Core Quest. Tri-Core Quest, Tri-Core Quest just, they, they just different. Like, them snares, I, I don't them even, snares and kicks were crazy. Yo, ridiculous. Yo, they, when, they, when, they start, when they drop those snares and kicks, Ridiculous. No, nobody ever did that. Ridiculous. Like just Q-tip introduced production. <laughs> you know, like like Q-tip. Q-tip is a, is a is a genius. And and to, and to be honest, his genius carries over into today because he's the mastermind over there behind a lot of that good music stuff, if not most of it. And he's the yo, one over there with Kanye putting all that stuff together. Yo, let me ask you something. Now, I want y'all to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. How did y'all feel when y'all first heard the Low End Theory? The Low End Theory? I love, I love the Low End Theory. I thought the Low, low End Theory was super dope. But when I first heard it, my first run through it, I was like, this is, this is too jazzy for me. And, I, and at that time, I wasn't into jazz music. But then, when I heard it, you know, ran through it again, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like, it's something else here. And, you know, and, and with, the, with the rhymes and, you know, the beats were dope, then you really listen to, you know, the, the music itself, the drops and this. I, I just thought it was a, a dope piece of work. Like, but, but at first, my first run, you know, run through it. I, I didn't, I didn't understand it fully, you know. And and, and, and you know, that's the, that's the same with tribe anyway. You know, you really had to listen, yeah, to tribe, or it would go over your head. You really had to listen to De La Soul. See, it, it yeah, it was listening music. It was more listening music. It wasn't party music. It was like yeah. I just want to chill and listen to Tribe Quest and really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And because it's a vibe, it's like you vibing on to that. It's like a, it's, it brings another energy to. It's another element of hip hop that wasn't. It was like almost undiscovered. Wait, this is hip hop. Yeah. I, I never heard nothing like that in my life. Like when I first yeah, put the tape in, and it came on boom, 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 back in the days when I was a teenager, and then that beat coming. It's yeah. like, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was something different. I've never heard, I've never heard nothing like that. 
never yeah, done like that in my life. I'm telling you, man. When with um, yo, that first my first run through there, I just was like, I just heard jazz at first, and I was like, yeah, I was trying to go through it and see what was on it, and then when I went back and actually listened to it, I was like, yo, these dudes is incredible, <laughs> incredible. Tricor Quest is an incredible, incredible hip hop crew. Yeah. Like that, just everything was just perfection. Even 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 Fife, Fife was the perfect play off of Q-Tip. Voice delivery, tone, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, they they made they made each other so dope that I I couldn't even understand how they they didn't get along. <laughs> I couldn't even understand it. But when they got in that booth, it. it, it you you would never know that that they were so great together. Yeah, they had they had a real chemistry <laughs> on wax on wax. <laughs> uh, one of the, yeah, one of the greatest chemistries ever. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you know God bless sight. Bust Fight. off on your couch now you got Seamus furniture. Who says <laughs> stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Crazy. What? That's yeah. dope. Yeah, he's dope. Uh, but number three, right behind them, De La Soul. De La Soul, De La Soul. I, I don't I don't have my list in front of me, but I got De La Soul. I, I wanted to separate them and put them on my top 50 MCs, greatest MCs. I got them together on one line. They they were equally dope. Plug one was no better than plug two, and plug two was no better than plug one, and they both were super nice. Yo, they were making, yo, they also was making music, music. Incredible. Yo, Saturday, Saturday, oodles and oodles of O's. Say no go, plug tune in, just go. Yo, man. Yo, oh my yeah. God! Yo, Daylight Yo, Soul. Oh, the Magic Three. That's the Magic the Number. Magic, yo, oh Day my God! Daylight Soul, Soul's first album could have been on yeah. Broadway. Yeah. Like Daylight Soul. When I first heard that album, I, that might have been one of the first times that album and like Q-Tip's first album. Like, but but really, Daylight Soul. That album was a time where like when I listened to it, it, it made my mind start thinking about visuals and, and yeah. just, you know, just, it took me somewhere else. It just took me yeah. somewhere else where, where, where hip hop never taken me before. Mm-hmm. It was so different. It made me think, it made me keep rewinding back. It made me try mm-hmm. to pick up the language, the lingo, you know, yeah. the, the stuff that they was talking about. like. Three quarters of it was going over my head, but it was so dope and so well put together. Then when I listened back 10 years from when the album was made, I was like, God damn. <laughs> now yeah, you know, I understand it fully. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it was almost like, well, I, I don't want to make this as a reference, but you know how you read the Bible and then it's like, when you read it again, it's something that you miss. Like mm-hmm. you listen to it and then it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. they had Jenny and then you're like, oh shoot, I didn't realize he said that the first time. Yeah. Jennifer OG. You, yeah. you know, you know what? And they had the, they had these little, they had like their own little, they, they had their own little dialect. Yeah, like they had their own language almost. Yeah. yeah. It was it was just so different and so dope. Like they but, would dope. you know, they, they were also way ahead of their time. Yeah. Way ahead. Yeah. And they yeah. were they were kind of like the um Yeah. 
the hippies of hip hop. Yeah, but but Rex, did you you heard what I just said? I, when I listened to their album ten years after it was released, the first album, yeah, then I understood everything. Yeah. They were. Like I, I had to grow up. Yeah, that goes to show you how much of an artist because if you can if you can use different types of lingo the way they did and then if they're really actually saying something, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just gibberish. Like no. it, it, it it really made sense. It, it was like I'm an art form to it. But I'm wondering, like I don't I don't even know if the, if, if hip hop can do that today. It seems like everything happens too fast. Like they had to take their time to make that up. That that had to take time. Yeah, they had to, they had the skits. Remember that one that was like a show. It was like a game show. Game show, yeah. And I'm like, who who thinks of that on an yo, album? They, they were, yo. I'm telling you, man. They <laughs> this was dope, man. They they lost soul. They, you know what I, you know what I, um, I like in they lost soul too. Going to the Met. And looking at fine art. Yeah, yeah, that is. De La Soul is is the fine art of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Super dope. Number four, um, Public Enemy. Mm. Public mm-hmm. Enemy, Public Enemy. Yo, <laughs> Public Enemy is another group like uh, Run DMC. Wrapped over a lot of rock sounding beats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of hard stuff too, but Public Enemy, they 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 galvanized us. They taught us how to be black men. They taught us how to stand up. They taught us how to be respectful. They taught us that we did have a culture, even though we was a people bought from a place, and we didn't have our own land. We didn't have our own businesses. We didn't have our own nothing. It made us feel like we had something. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and they, 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 they just, they, they just, they, they mobilized hip hop culture. That was the movement. That was the movement. Because you had, at, at that time, you had, like, people like Sister Soldier. Yep. That Ooh. I worked with at Bad Boy. Did she you? Did our social program, Daddy's House. Yeah, she's, she was dope. She, she was a contributor. Super dope. Super, super contributor to hip hop and the culture. Yeah. Heck yeah. And she was an artist. Don't forget that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Then she started writing books. Yeah. 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 Um, so like when I when I think of a PE, obviously conscious rap at that time, you know, when everybody used to wear the African um the medallions. The African medallions yeah. and and stuff like that. And um these guys were because most people who do conscious rap wasn't always dope at the same time. Not at all. So it's like you yeah. were dope and you were conscious. They they had hit records. It's not. It's it's a, it's a difference between okay, that's yeah. conscious rap. I'll put that over there. No, these dudes were dope. We gonna play it no matter what because mm-hmm. not just because it's conscious, but we playing it because it's dope. No, but but, but also wreck. Think about the, the the visuals that came with these songs in the in the. Fields picking cotton, the white man on horses. Yeah. Like, yo, public enemy touched us mentally, emotionally, and 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 and, 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 and yeah, like they 
they made us they made us become aware of ourselves and where we were in America and you know and where we needed to go. It, it was that, something that I, was different. There was something I had a had a problem with. And I wonder if, if what y'all feel about it. So when they were talking that stuff and then they were talking about you know Elvis and and and, and on the stamp and all the stuff like that and then that situation happened with um Professor Griff. Mm-hmm. Right, and they kicked him out of the group because he was talking about the Jews. How did y'all feel about that? You know, um, damn, that's a good question, dude. Oof, DT man, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I um, you know, I, I I had deep feelings about that because I am a five percenter. Um, you know, I, I I aligned myself, you know, not not only with uh, you know Public Enemy, but Professor Griff also, and you know he he's a Muslim, and you know I, I thought that his views were correct, but I I didn't think that they was in line with the message that that Chuck D in the group was trying mm-hmm. to put out at that time. Like right. I, 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 I think that Chuck D was painting the narrative and telling the story, and yeah. I think he wanted to paint the narrative and tell a story over his period of time and how he saw he needed to lay it out, and it right. wasn't. I, I think that Professor Griff got more comfortable because he saw that, you know, it was being accepted. Um, you know, just even making videos with, um, you know, white men on horses and us being right. slaves and you know, right. waking us up and this and that. I think because he saw that it was being accepted, it was hit music, I think he jumped the gun and, and mm. just sped off too quick, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but I don't think that Professor Griff was wrong in, right. in his message, but I think that he was wrong in delivering it with the timing that probably yeah. Chuck D had laid out for what he wanted to do in the greater, you know, the greater plan and the greater scheme of things. Yeah, you know, yeah. but um, I, I did feel a certain way because I, I felt like it was um kind of hypocritical. Yeah, you know, for for Chuck D to move in that way, but right. I can't say that I, I I also can't say that I felt like Chuck D sold out and was like, yo, right. let me get away from him, this and that, right. because you know right. it, it ain't like Chuck D was making pop music and you know was you know yeah. scared of the white man. Chuck D right. was going hard. <laughs> Yeah, like that's the, the thing power, that I was bugging. This, that, yeah. like, you know, he was going hard. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like I, I, I felt like there was more. There had to be something more because we. I don't even. I don't think we really got the full context of why Chuck D did what he did. Yeah, true, true. You know what I'm saying? So that was one. Two. I think. And also, at the time that that happened, there was a lot of things going on. There was a lot of anti-Semitic things happening in the in the world with Leonard Jeffrey mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything like that. So you got to look at the time that it happened in and what else was going yeah. on with yeah. anti-Semitism. And mm-hmm. I think because of the amount of control that the Jews have in media over the media, oh yes, um, you I'll can send get, your hall. You can literally get yeah. shut down. You can literally get shut down. down and blackballed mm-hmm. and done. Yeah. If you if you're not careful and strategic yeah. mm-hmm. with with what you say, how you say it, 
Um, and Chuck D was smart enough to understand how to push. Right. But I also need this platform too. Exactly. The message across. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, why get no why, better, so, he, he was, so you can't just go crazy with it. Even like like you said, RC, like he was he was factual. He was at, he was right, he was correct, but he wasn't right. Yeah. 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 That's all. That, that, that's, yeah, all be, I, that's all that was. That's what I think that was. So because basically Chuck D could say the white man, a white man, a white man, a white man all day. But then it's like, well, you're not really actually um targeting a certain type of people. So when you actually say dude, there you go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? See, now you talking to us directly. No, but 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 the thing about it is, like like you just said, D, you, when you're being factual, and like in the video, he depicted the white man on a horse being a slave master, and us in the right. field, right. that was factual. But right. but like you said, when you target a Jew and start, you know, blasting them and this and that or whatever, yeah. now yeah. you're going in a whole nother direction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I. I I, I I I felt the I, I definitely felt the stiff uh, you know a, a type of way yeah. at that time you know especially you know you DT you know me you know I, I I'm young hot headed this and that I'm strong minded and yeah. you know I, I you know I align myself with what's right so I think they both was right but I think that it was just bad timing. Do you think it's that it could have been the beginning the, the beginning of how they? started to control the music after that because it just seemed like public enemy kind of just went downhill after that and then it's like you just didn't hear no more that type of conscious rap anymore and i'm just wondering if that was a part of how they control the music mm. it probably made them have insight and be like wait a minute yeah you know yeah. We, we are making money because at the end of the day you know they right. are controlling the purse or whatever and that's you right. know, that, that, that's what right. they want to do they want to make money right. but you know the right. bottom line is they want to preserve you know yeah. the, the the institutions you know right. and, yeah. and they, they'll do without your money because they're going right. to keep making that money and and i think that's when the shift came and, and they they said enough of this conscious rap stuff we're going to go now towards gangster rap because that's genocide you know they can kill right. each other we'll still make right. money off of it we get right. back on track Right, but the other thing is, um, just to be clear to, for, for the audience, Jewish people are not—they don't consider themselves to be white people. That's 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 one hundred percent fact. So, like, yeah. and white people don't even consider Jews to be white. Just just to be clear, white right. people white people look at Jews as an ethnicity. Right, and just FYI, Trump just signed a a, 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 a federal. Uh, law, I don't know if you guys know this or not, that makes Jews an actual race. Mm. Mm. FYI. Mm. That that yeah. just went into effect like a month ago. I'm so I'm I'm so glad you broke that down. That couldn't be that couldn't be no more right and exact. So that's just because I'm a history dude, so I'm a history buff. So that's what's <laughs> up. That's no, what no, I that, that's 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 good stuff right there. That was great information. The listeners need to hear stuff like this. That's great information. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So, but you know, so that you said you had PE, and that was four, right? That was number four. Number five, which is crazy because 
we're talking about this and oh, oh yeah x clan <laughs> no, no no well x clan is down there but oh they're not five the, 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 nah, number five the generation shift happened right about then um nwa oh yeah yeah gangster rap <laughs> gangster rap came right in and yeah, yeah. Them up, you know kill kill bang bang and you know but but you know even beyond that the talent the wealth of talent in that group was mm -hmm. incredible like the, the think about what came from that and when it was there when nwa was actually a group they were an unstoppable force nwa their, their record especially fuck the police that you know that that inflamed america but they, they they was being talked about by the president of the united states we never seen nothing yeah. like that in hip-hop yeah never yo fuck the police was one of the most powerful hip-hop songs ever created ever created because yeah. it resonated I, you know how many songs we could name where people talk about that that were made about police brutality yeah. There's so many people who, who who have done songs about getting pulled over by the cop or police brutality. That's just straight songs about it. But this one in particular was went like, directly at they because it was raw. It was yeah. like fuck the police. I was like, what? Did they? You can say that? No. Like I was yo. like, you can say that? <laughs> yo, 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 man, it just made you feel good. Yo, but that, that, it was something about that that makes you feel good, no, though. But you know what, though, Rex? Public Enemy empowered us in one way and making us conscious of stuff, but NWA empowered us in another way. The safe, the, right, in, right, right, right. NWA, right. Malcolm X, that shit, and said, yeah. "Yo, fuck the police. We ain't right, going right, for this no right. more." And, and 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 the thing about it too is that. Even though, um, well, I say this like the Jews are oppressed also, so that's that was also something that they can relate to with us. Absolutely. So they would they would put money behind that because they like, look, we know about being oppressed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that and that wouldn't be something that they was against funding. You know what mm. I'm saying? So you had like the politicians on that, like, how could you put that out? How, how could you put money behind that about killing yep. cops, whatever? Like, yo. Yeah. You're right, D. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But um, you know, no. um, just to, just to, just to, um, I got a couple of mentions. Um, Wu Tang was definitely there. I, I struggled with you know leaving Wu Tang out of my top five because Wu Tang, like they was just so influential. They were super group. You know, all of them were super nice. You know, with the exception of maybe one of them, maybe one or two. But you know the rest of them. You know they 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 just was something special to hip hop. You know it was a fresher breath there. Um, it was you know powerful new production. Um, you know um, super MCs. So you know Wu Tang they they went worldwide. You know everyone around the world if they don't know nothing else in hip hop they know Wu Tang. And you know to push the drum well to push the culture that far around the world and come from the gutter. It's not like they were a pop band put together and, you know, went around the world. This is some gutter dust crackheads, you know, from the projects, but nice MCs. And, 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 yo, yo, and, and, they, and, they, and they pushed around the world. 
You know, they I, they 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 brought the world. Let me the say movie. this though. Let me say this. You, you, have you watched the um? Did you watch the um of of Mike of Mike's and Men? No, I did. Yeah. All yeah. right. So you gotta watch it because these dudes did not want to be rappers, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just be cracking up because what what RZA had to do to get these dudes together. I can imagine. It was almost impossible. Like I mean, I still don't even understand how it happened because these dudes, was, these dudes was not trying to be rappers. It's crazy. <laughs> and look at that. The, look at the resistance that brought forth such right. Power. They was they wasn't even, and they was nice. It's like that dude. It's like that dude in the hood who he want to sell drugs, but that but he got but he could dunk. He got the crazy crossover. He could hit a three from the other side of the court. You know what I'm saying? Drunk off a of 40. They're like, yo, he should be in the NBA. But he ain't even trying to play basketball. No, not even not, not even thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? It, it, reminds, me, it reminds me of that. Of that. Like, Crazy. these dudes were that good. Wow. But you heard what Raekwon said in, the, um, I think it was the saga. He said the reason why um, Rizzo was, was uh, able to make it happen because of the type of dude he was. They said that um, they respected him. He was a dude that would never cross you. You know what I'm saying? And he was like loyal to his friends. So it was like, he was just, he was like the nucleus. He was that centerpiece where it's like, okay. He was the son in all of the planets. Yeah, he ain't, a crab, he, ain't a, he ain't a crab nigga. We, we all res respected him. That's what we say. Even, even if we didn't like each other, we all respected RZA. And that's how he was able to make it happen. Just he said, because he was a stand-up dude. Mm. Means a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I got to say that the locks was definitely in my mentions because after the locks, they, 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 you know, they spawned a whole generation of, you know, little locks and, you know, they, they, <laughs> little, lock, little locks, yeah, little locks, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know how to make that plural, but yeah. <laughs> and locks is, yeah. but, um, you know, the locks is, is definitely, you know, a dope street, um, group and they laid it down over the last, like, you know, two decades. Um, you know, I gotta I gotta have a mention for um, groups like, you know, it's, it's, I, I thought of, I really gave some thought to this. And, you know, it's, it's a couple of groups that I didn't wanna leave out. And, you know, for the listeners that, that are listening and trying to learn about, you know, super dope groups from, you know, back in the days that really contributed to hip hop and were super MCs. Um, I gotta mention the Far Side. The Far Side was a was a very talented, dope group. Um, you know, all of them. It was four of them in that group, and, and all of them were nice. Or every single one of them. You know, I don't really know the history. They was a West Coast group. I don't know the history behind them and why they didn't make a lot of projects. And you know, whether they you know disband and you know um, whether it was trouble within the group or whatever the case may be, but they were a dope group and they were dope MCs. Brand Nubians, Rep, you hit it on the head. Brand Nubians is definitely top five material. Brand Nubians, the just the just the the the, the genius and 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 the uniqueness of each individual in that group. Sadat X voice is super incredible, super unique, can never be duplicated, as well as Grand Poober, you know? So, yeah. and then, and then you know, Lord Jamal being the, the glue of that group and, you know, him bringing it. But th that was another group that that's definitely top five material. Um, and I got to mention Souls of Mischief. 
Souls of Mischief was super dope. Dale, you know, Dale, um, um, Funky Homo Sapien and all them cats. Mm-hmm. Them, yeah. them dudes laid it down from the Bay Area. And, and, you know, they had a lot of dope material back in the days. And they, they was a group. And, and you know, and, and it's, it's one group that we all left out that I thought I was going to hear. And I'm surprised that I didn't. And I thought I would hear it from DT. Probably you too, Rack. But the roots. <laughs> the yeah. roots. Yeah, I had I had the roots on my I had a, I had a long list of mentions. Okay. That I didn't even talk about. Yeah. And um, hold on, let me see if I can find it. I have it. On, I had to have it in my notes. Yeah, roots can't be left off the dopest hip hop roots of all time. So here's what I had. Here's what I had. My, um, dope. <laughs> I had um, I had Goody Mob. Mm, I had okay. ghetto. I had ghetto boys. Mm, damn. I had. I had. I had the fat boys on here. Mm, okay. And I had the roots on here. That that was everybody that we didn't talk about. That we know everybody else we talked about. But I had the fat boys. Yep. The roots and the ghetto boys. Yeah, ghetto boys. That 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 right there. I can't believe I left them out. Damn. <laughs> wow. Ghetto boys. This- yeah. There's a group from California. Um, I want y'all to watch Hip Hop Evolution that birthed a lot of those West Coast groups that you mentioned, um, RC, called Freestyle Fellowship. I know I know you're talking about. Yeah. They talk yeah. about how they started. Mm-hmm. Watch Hip Hop Evolution. You too, Rec, man. Hip-hop like, it Evolution. really brought some attention that I didn't even know about how like they birthed a lot of those west coast rappers out there and it cool. was very very interesting freestyle fellowship okay i know i know yeah. exactly i know freestyle fellowship mm-hmm. and um it's a it's another um it's another group out there oh man I, i'm 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 gonna watch uh, do you know the name of the um any of the individuals in freestyle fellowship um i mean <sighs> Was one of them was one of them um, light skinned with a big afro? Yes. Dope. Yes. Yeah. They were dope. I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. They were super dope. But you know, yeah, nice, dope, dope, nice. These are these are the groups, you know, that we really got to dig and try to remember and, yeah. and, and really give light to because you know these are the cats that really laid it down and set the path. For, for, for these other groups that we're talking about now to come through yeah. the doors, you know? And, and Freestyle Fellowship was definitely one of them. And, and you know, they, they definitely played a large role in Souls of Mischief and Dell and yes. Funky yeah. Homo Sapien yeah. Yeah. and all yeah. of those cats that came out of yeah. the day. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm, yeah, this this is dope, man. Like, I, I got goosebumps just now when you say Freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just got goosebumps, man. But I definitely wanted to, um, you know, bring up the far side and souls of mischief because, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, even though we here on the East Coast and, you know, we 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 gave birth to hip hop and, you know, we, we you know we we a little bit jaded, um, you know, a lot of times radio didn't play a lot of West Coast stuff, but you know, those cats over there, man, they they were really dope MCs, man, really dope MCs, and they were major contributors. You know to the game or whatever and you know they they definitely need to be mentioned they definitely need to be checked out people need to you know go on 
you know, look them guys up and listen to their music because, you know, it's one thing that's, that's dope about art and, you know, dope about these times that we talk about and these artists and these groups and these producers, they, they music stand the test of time and you can listen to it now and, and it's, it's stuff that you definitely would enjoy even to this day. Like it's, it's worth listening to, it's worth going back to because it, it's, it's timeless, it's timeless pieces. Mm-hmm. It's timeless pieces. Damn. Uh, man. Yeah. But oh, and then and then X Clan, I can't leave them out. <laughs> yeah, X Clan was X Clan was dope. <laughs> yeah, they had they made a lot of good music. They made so, it's something about it's something about Brother Jay's voice, African, and very African. Yo, <laughs> yo, it's something yeah. about his voice. Is like he's like yo, I don't even I, know I don't even know what to say. And then he had the around. he had the. He had the piercing, pierced ear with the nose. He had on uh, the, he had on yeah, the garb. He had on yeah, the garb. He just looked like an African king. It made running you around feel, with my mother's carpet on. Like, it made you feel like African royalty or something was, was mm-hmm. in, the, in your presence. Like he, he absolutely, yo man, <laughs> absolutely man. And, and, and you know that's that's what was dope about X Clan. Like they. They just brought a whole nother dimension, a whole nother element to it. And, you know, when you look at them, you know, you'd be like, oh, what are they talking about this and that? But when they music come on and it hits, the, the, the from the music to the to the lyrics, yo, they were dope. They were they they were a dope group. And they yeah. they was they was they was rapping their butts off, man. Yeah, sure. They they was really dope, man. Like I, I, I remember clearly my ex clan tape, <laughs> and I and I and I wore it out. I had to put like I, I played this so much that my tape got caught in my radio and it popped, and I had to spin it back by hand, take the screws out of the TVK, <laughs> and you know I got my little Scotch tape, That's and I would make my and I and I would move yeah. that shit back, and then when you play it, it 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 it'd make a little. <laughs> But then it go straight back into the music. Yeah, like, you know, like I, I, yo, I, I had to do surgery on my ex clan tape. I wasn't going out like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm not a bootleg dude, but I had to get a bootleg of the X clan tape because I was getting ready to go yeah. to school. I remember that. I remember, I remember my bootleg joint. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> so yeah. I had to get. I had to go to Florida Road to get a bootleg. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I, and I, was, I felt bad because I, I always, I, I was, I was, I used to be like, yo, I'm not doing no bootleg. I want to make sure they get their money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But sometimes when times are hard, you gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a lot of bootlegs you know, too. You get the bootleg. It's like they have a Xerox copy. Yeah, Zivas copy. That's like that. <laughs> blurry on the cover, right? <laughs> no, no, no credits. No, no, no credits. credits nothing. nothing. No, no, the inside jacket blurry. is all white. It's all white. blurry. Exactly. It's, like, it's, like exactly. little, it's like a little. It's like a little piece of paper. Somebody made copies on the Zivas machine, and that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, put it inside the tape cover. <laughs> Top, uh, colors is off. <laughs> yeah, oh, but you know what? You know yeah. what, y'all? Um, when we was talking about duos. If, I don't know if I'm, I'm bugging or not, but I don't think no one mentioned Ghostface and Raekwon. Are they a duo? What, what was they a duo? That shit, they did the purple tape. Oh, that's right. Th- that, yeah, that was that really was, Raekwon's album. Yeah, it was Raekwon. But yeah, that, yeah. that's Ghostface and Raekwon. Ghostface and Raekwon was super dope together. 
Yo, the Purple Tape was a classic. The Purple Tape is one of the best that best best albums ever made. Purple Tape is super incredible. Yeah. Super incredible. Yeah, I'm looking that I, up. Right? I'm looking that I, up right now. I, I sent y'all a link, man, of that um, freestyle fellowship song. I, when y'all listen to it, when we get up, you're gonna probably remember this song. One of the names is Boots. Yeah, it's called In, uh, uh, In the City Boundaries. But check it out. You can be like, oh, I remember that. Nah, I rock with them. I know exactly who you're talking about. One of their names is Boots. If I'm not mistaken, he had a big afro, light skin with a pick in it. He was nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah. oh, you know what, too? Just real quick, um, that I, this don't have anything to do with anything, but I wanted to touch on because um, BT sent me a link to the Derek Angeletti D-Dot interview. <laughs> what was that? On um, the Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. You know, first first thing I want to say, um, you know, just straight off the top, um, Derek Angeletti D-Dot, mad rapper, whatever you know him as, whatever you want to call him, yo, he's a real dude. Like, yeah. like don't, don't, don't ever get it mistaken you know, get it confused. Derek is a stand-up dude. Derek is yeah. a good dude. Derek is real. And, yeah. and, and you know, first and foremost, Derek was a dope-ass producer, one of the mm-hmm. best out here. And and he was a, 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 a super dope A&R and had a great ear. Derek Angeletti got one of the best ears in hip-hop ever because he, he he was one of the masterminds of putting all that stuff together in the studio over there at Bad Boy. Um, yeah. But it's one thing that he said in that interview that I just couldn't agree with. And that was with, um, out of all of the artists on Bad Boy, his top, what was it, three or five on DT? Was it three? It was five. It was five? And mm-hmm. I think, but I think he had Black Rob at like number three or two. No, he had him at number. He had him at number three. He, I think, he had Big Mason. Then he had Black Rock. I could, I couldn't, I can't rock with that. <laughs> I can't rock with that. Like, yeah. like you know, and you know what's crazy because Derek Angeletti, he know those artists. Don't you know? Don't yeah. don't don't get me wrong. He 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 spent. He's the one that spent countless hours, time, you know, producing songs with them and you know making them dope ass beats and all of that. But. I've been in the studio and I've been around Black Rob. Black Rob is dope. I, I really like Black Rob. Black Rob is, a, is is you know I don't like I don't like using this language. I like to express myself, but Black Rob is a real nigga. He's real nigga. <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. Rob, Black Rob. Black Rob is as street as it, it gets. He is the streets. Black yeah. Rob. And you know I, I spent a lot of time with Black Rob. I know him well. Um, you know. He's a dope artist, all that. But when when I also know that Black Rob had 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 writers, like he wrote a lot of dope shit, and he wrote, you know, I, I would have to say, um, I don't know about his album because his album came out after I bounced from Bad Boy. But when he was making his album, Black Rob, he had he had a couple of people trying to help him come up with his, with his material. Like um, you know, I remember he had a he had a um a Spanish girl that lived right up here by by two forty first street, um in the Bronx over by White Plains Road, and 
she was nice. Like she was dope. Her pen game was nasty. And she used to come down to the studio with him and be down there. And you know, he trying to come up with stuff and she's sitting in the corner, nodding to the beats and this and that and writing and rapping to him and trying to make up stuff and, and, and really help help dude get his get his material together. Like, mm. so you know, for for and then um also um there's another cat. Um his name is Mega Phenom. And Mega Phenom is dope. Mega Me- Mega Phenom is a good dude. He from the Bronx, I believe, um, up there by High Bridge area. Um, I went to his crib once, you know, because I used to make beats. He was also a producer. And, you know, me and him was, you know, messing with the machines a little bit up in his crib. And, um, you know, he come down to the studio. He was a rapper. He was pretty dope, too. You know, he had the, 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 the you know, the witty lines and all of that or whatever. He, he was he was he's pretty nice spitting. But, um, you know, he used to help Black Rob write a lot of stuff and get a lot of material together, whatever. So, you know, and this is, you know, usually you, you, you'll you see writers come in a little bit later on after you've gained success. Um, you know, you got a lot of people that, you know, want you on features and things like that. Um, you know, and then you, it just becomes overwhelming. You're trying to work on your albums. You're trying to work on 50 features for the industry because everybody wants you. You hot. Then you know you start to get you know more people coming in, bouncing ideas, help, helping you, giving you material and things like that. But Black Rob was getting material straight from the door, <laughs> straight from the door. Right. So you know, it, 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 I, I, I just brought that up to say that it surprised me to hear. Derek say that Black Rob was top three out of that camp when, and you're putting him over Jada Kiss and Styles. Yeah, great. I can't, I can't, I can't do it, man. I, I yeah. couldn't swallow that one. I watched that whole yeah. interview and I couldn't swallow that one. I couldn't swallow it. But um, you know, I, I just had to bring that up, and you know, <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish I could hear him expand. On, on his thoughts on why he said that, you know, and, and, and you know, and then, and then another thing is not to take nothing away from Black Rob because I, the, um, his album was dope. Like yeah. his his first album, that that was a that was a tight album. That was a very yeah. good album, you it know. Was. And you know, I wasn't there for the creation of it though. You know, the full creation of it and seeing it, you know, come to fruition. Um, you know, um, Harv had a lot to do with that. Harv was actually um, featured on that album on a couple of songs. Um, I think he called himself Joe Booker or some, something like that. Yeah, Joe Hooker. Joe Hooker, yeah. Yeah, Joe Hooker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, um, you know, they, they they did that and, you know, it came out dope. Like, it was a, it was a very good body of work. But I don't think that it was one of the better, you know, pieces of work that came from bad boy and I, and I definitely don't think that he was top three you know with, with the pin game at bad boy like I, I can't I cannot I can't sit back and let that one ride and and you know if Derek ever wanted to have a conversation about it I would love to because you know Derek his insight I always love to hear because you know he is the he was the primary person in that studio you know what I'm yeah. saying so Maybe he has a different perspective. He just didn't talk about it in depth on the Breakfast yeah. Club. But I would, I would yeah. love to hear it. I would love to hear it. You know, I think he sometimes, could, he, bro. Sometimes he could been. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. No, no, go ahead. Uh, he could have just been looking at it as far as maybe from a hit record perspective. 
Mm-hmm. What, I, what I was going to say is that um, sometimes when you are close, like if, you, if you're if an insider, right, mm-hmm. you're not just giving somebody your top five based on talent, skill. Right. Uh, you're giving your top five based on your relationship to certain people. That too, yeah. Okay. So That's true. maybe giving him the benefit of the doubt because you said he was a real dude. So that means I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit. I'm saying because he may have his his top five in terms of his top five, yeah, as the people he was close to. Exactly. Or maybe yeah. maybe even that he um, like yeah. working with, or it was easier to work with them. Right, right. That could be it too. So well, well, well. I, I remember, I remember being in Daddy's house and Mace getting on DDoS nerves, and he and he and and him like telling mace like yo leave me alone like he frustrated with him but yeah. <laughs> no I, I i swear yo I, I remember that yo because i think dd was trying to do something man and mace mace wanted to hear the album again he was like yo man like yo he's like yo you know how mace talk all slow yo d let me yeah. just go over the album again he's like yo man leave me alone man i got other stuff to do man and they was just like bickering and stuff like this. So I, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, "Dang, he must hate Mace." <laughs> but you know, um, the way he spoke about him in the interview, I guess you know, maybe he just looked at him like a just annoying little brother or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but but Derek, Derek, Derek is definitely a real one. Um, you know, I I, I definitely I, I got nothing but respect for Derek, man, Derek. Derek made some of the dopest beats out of there, all that, man. I like Derek. Derek is dope. Derek is dope, and you know he, he, you know he was one of the people that was running around there, or whatever. That was really, you know, he was really about something. And, you know, it, he was he was really a person that, you know, you you want to have a conversation with. You you want to see him rocking on the NPC and, and learn and things like that or whatever. Like, you know, like he he was that dude. You know, I, I only had one. Uh, it was only one instance with Derek that I was like, oh, this bastard ass. <laughs> like, I was like, yo, man, I wanted to kill Derek. Derek, Derek did one nut ass thing, you know, ever, you know, messing with Derek or whatever. You know, we didn't we didn't have a, a thousand interactions together because I was in the office and on the streets and traveling and he was always in the studio. But when I started going to the studio more because I started making beats and, you know, yeah. um, I was starting to come into the fold of that part of bad boy that's when i started having more interaction with derrick and um you know when i when i did all out with mace um you know that's when i had interaction with him because i think he did one or two records on the harlem world album the harlem world album yeah so um i think he did cali chronic and maybe another one but he definitely did i think it was i think that was the name of it cali chronic on the harlem world album and um he just did some sucker shit up in the studio or whatever and i was like this dude man but you know when i when i thought back on it i was like you know what it, maybe it really wasn't even no sucker shit. you know he 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 wrote with his money and and i you know at that time you know it ain't like we grew up together we was boys and you right. know he had any type of royalty or allegiance to me you know he yeah. he, he he secured his his pocket so yeah. you know but yeah. But he did some sucker shit to me and Mace before <laughs> I wanted to kill Derek. But um, yeah, I, I would like to talk about that with him too. <laughs> but um, it, I don't know if y'all want to hear it, but <laughs> he just. Yo, how, yo, 
Yo, how many daddy houses were there? No, it was, um, you talking about the studio? Yeah. No, it was one location, but they opened up the other side. Like at first, when you when you went up there, you know, the studio was on, what was that, 44th Street? And that was the one that had the like the vault door, right? That was the one with the vault door, right? Yeah. That yeah. that yeah, when you go up in there, um, at first you go up in there, it had the vault door, security be sitting right there. Right. You go straight through, and it was a a room to the left. Left, yep, and one to the um, right. Um one to the right, and then it was mm-hmm. a midi room, yeah. like straight ahead with a little reception yeah. area right yeah. in front of the midi room. But then, you know, when bad boy you know, was on and popping, they opened up the other side, I guess the tenants moved okay. out or whatever the case may okay. be or whatever, okay. and they got the other okay. side and uh, Puff had his, you know, you know, had his little space and, you know, right. opened up another studio and this and that, right. like they, they opened it up yeah. up there. So, okay. yeah, but, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, dope times, man, dope time. But, but Derek is a real one. I enjoyed that interview, but I just, I just, didn't understand his reasoning for putting Black Rob as top three. I thought that shit was questionable. <laughs> Very questionable. And he and he did some sucker shit. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I see you sound like you want to talk about it, man. It's like you want to get off your chest. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Only if y'all want to hear it. I, I, I'm willing to. I'm willing to move past it. I'm willing to move past it. <laughs> But he did some sucky yeah. shit. So I, I'm gonna talk about it, DT. <laughs> no, 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 briefly, briefly, just real right. briefly. Uh, I don't wanna hold y'all. Um, one time we was up there and we was mixing. Um, I, I wanna say the song name is Cali Chronic on the Hollowell album. So, you know, Puff, Mace, I don't know what it was with Puff and Mace, but they was going through something. You know, Mace was trying to you know, get away from Puff and, you know, become, you know, his own mogul. And, you know, we had to deal with Jermaine Dupree and we was working on that album. And, you know, Mace wanted to blow, put out his artist, this and that or whatever. So we up in there, we mixing um, Cali Chronic. Derek Angeletti comes up there, you know, to do the mix with the engineer. And Puff is tracking Mace down, calling him, blowing up his phone, this and that. And we, where was we at? We was in the old hit factory or quad? Uh, I want to say the old hit factory. I think that's where we was at. Matter of fact, yeah, that, that was where we was at. We was in the old hit factory, not the new one. And, um, you know, Puff is blowing up Mace's phone, blowing up Mace's phone, and Mace is curving him, you know, not answering it, not answering it or whatever. Like, yo, I'm not fucking with him. This and that, and, you know. I, I don't know why, you know. Uh, you know, I have my own suspicions, but I, I don't know why he don't want to deal with him. He don't want to see him. He don't want to take his calls. So, next thing you know, um, Puff is in the studio. <laughs> so, wow. I go. All the Harlem world is in there. Um, you know, my my ex lady that I was seeing back then, she was up in there. Um, me and Mace. And I, I want to say Dell. Dell used to hold us down. He was security, cool, cool dude, Harlem cat. Um, he might have been up in there, and Derek was in there. And, and the engineer, I want, I think the engineer was Tony Maserati. 
or something like that. My, some, something like that. He was a dope engineer mixing in. Yeah, Tony Maserati, yeah. Yeah, so he was up in there. So I go to Harlem World. You know, it's a lot of them in the group, like um, five, six of them or whatever. And I tell them, you know, the, the people up front called us and was like, yo, Puff is here. So mm-hmm. I go to Harlem World. I'm like, yo, don't open these doors. And in, in, in the hit factory, you go out two sides and, you know, it's, it was mm-hmm. two sides to go in and out. I locked both of them shit. And I was like, yo, <laughs> don't nobody touch these motherfucking doors. Oh, excuse, excuse my language. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere else right now. I'm back then and that was time. But I, was, I told them, I was like, yo, don't touch these motherfucking doors. I don't want nobody coming in here. Yo, this shit is a lock session. Nobody's coming in, nobody's going out. So Derek was there. Derek knew what was going on. Derek knew. Puff was there. The, the, you know, mm-hmm. the people out front called in, told us that Puff was there. He came up there with Paul and them or whatever, his security. So I locked both doors and wasn't letting them niggas in. So next thing you know, Derek phone rings. Oh, Derek, I knew it. I knew it. Derek leaves the, the studio booth where we was mixing the song, and this nigga goes out the side door and, and opens Puff it up. Come in and opened it up. Oh, and man. Sucker shit, but you know what? I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't give, I can't give Derek sucker shit stamp because Derek was getting millions of dollars with Puff. <laughs> he just did one song, and he was there mixing it with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, right. when is he not gonna open the door for Puff? Puff know he's in there, and that's his producer and his man. You know, his man and his producer. So, yeah. you know, I, I can't call that sucker shit. You know, at, at the time, of course, I was like, oh, this, this nigga, this nigga just this sucker shit. But, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> I was mad at him or, you know, I wanted yeah. to get at him or whatever. Derek was cool. And, I, you know, he, 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 he was my boy or whatever. So, you know, I, I was like, oh, this dude, man. But he, he let Puff right in that goddamn studio. You think Puff ain't dragged Mason that little, that little lounge and locked the door <laughs> and, and hemmed him up and let him know how it was going down? Yeah, oh, was, man. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But that that's my that's my Derek Angeletti story. But, um, you know, Der- Derek Angeletti, D-Dot, man, for the listeners. Yo, one of the dopest producers to ever do it. Stand-up dude. You know, a real one. He was also in Two Kings and a Cypher, another rap group, or I don't know, DT, you're gonna have to classify them as a duo. It depends yeah. on if their DJ was in the, in the group. But um I don't I remember the DJ. I just remember him and Ron Lawrence. I don't remember the DJ. Yeah, they had one so of them. I, I don't remember the DJ either, but you know, um, you know, they 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 you know, Derek, Derek, Derek is hip hop. He's hip hop and, and and is one thing that I'll say. Um, you know, um, along with, you know, many other people, you know, and myself, Derek is is definitely a voice that people want to listen to if, if, if it's ever being talked about the history of, of Bad Boy, because Derek was, is a day one. He's a day one dude, and Derek made classics over there, and, you know, mm-hmm. Derek is, is, you know, Derek is everything that, that Derek say he is, you know, and, and, that, and that we say he is, the culture. You know, he he's he's definitely that dude. I I give him that hands down. Yeah. 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 I definitely learned from him. Yeah. And Kanye West, of course, also. Yeah. 
Yeah. Derek, yeah. Derek, Derek laid it down, man. Like, and, you know, and, uh, and I think he got something coming. I'm, I'm going to try to check it out. Oh, um, Young Guru, too. Young Guru. Oh, yeah. Jay-Z's oh, engineer oh, yeah. started over there. Oh, yeah. You, but Derek, right. yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yep. So, you know, Derek, Derek, um, Derek gave birth, man. Derek gave birth to, you know, a whole nother side of the, the industry or whatever, you know, with these beats and all of that. And, and you know, he, he really spread his wings, man. Derek, 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 you know, all I got to say is Derek made Hypnotize and Derek made Benjamins. Yeah, that, that sums it up right there. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing to talk about. Yeah. That's it, man. So, we wrapping it up on that yeah, note? We wrapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what? Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, you guys, man, you know, Happy New Year's. You know, this is the first time we're touching bases since, you know, yeah. 2020, yeah. you know, rang in. And, yeah. you know, God, God bless you guys. God bless your families. And, you know, you. may this year be your best year. Yeah, same to you likewise. Absolutely. So, yo, um, did you hear the, I, I already, I got the recording off. I just cut it off just now. But I was going to say, did you hear, um, 